Good morning and a warm welcome to the service in the parish of Castlechur and Gorsainen. My name is Adrian and I'm the vicar and it's a real joy to be able to welcome you today on behalf of the church family. Remember that you can find out more about what God is up to and how you can play your part in that by visiting our website saintcath.org.uk and we'd love to hear from you too so please don't hesitate to get in touch. Our service today is led by members of the church family. Phil Davis will be reading for us from the scriptures. Andrew Knight will be venturing to explain those scriptures in an address. And then Rob Hume will be leading us in prayer. So we pray for God's blessing on them as they share today. Let's begin the service in prayer. Almighty and everlasting God, increase in us your gift of faith that forsaking what lies behind us and reaching out for what is before us, we may run the way of your commandments and win the crown of everlasting joy. Through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
A reading from Matthew chapter 22, verses 1 to 14. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, How did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, Tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few were chosen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. O God, help us to listen to your word with understanding, to receive it with faith, and to obey it with courage, for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. One of the dangers of getting older is that you you get a bit fixed in your habits. I still remember being told not to take more food than I could eat, or more food than I would eat, and to finish what was on my plate, even if it included the things I didn't like particularly. Not only do I remember it as something that happened when I was young, it's become a habit. I do it without thinking. And, well, to be honest, I have a good deal of difficulty leaving good food, edible food, on my plate. The clean plate is part of me. But it's not part of my Christian faith. And I try to remind myself that Sometimes things change, and I need to make that distinction. Nowadays, there's probably more concern about obesity than there is about the rationing and shortages of the war and the post-war years. And so my Christian faith has to shape what I want, what I am, and what I want to share. And what I want to share is not my particular habits and my personality, my way of doing things in all its oddness, but the good news of Jesus. Making that distinction isn't always easy, as with eating habits, but it is important. And that gets more important when we think about how we, 
God's people, the church, need to welcome everybody. Not just the nice people. Not just the people like us, who do things like us, who look like us, who speak and dress and do things in the sort of way we do them. Or even the people who are reasonable. We need to welcome everybody. It was an issue for Jesus as well. In the time that he was going around preaching, teaching and healing, there were lots of groups. There were the zealots, the extreme nationalists who believed that the only good Roman was a dead Roman and were trying to wage a guerrilla war. The Romans were quite resolute in opposing that, and from time to time there were punishment executions which Jesus and his friends and family and neighbours would have been only too aware of. And then there were other groups. There were the Essenes. They thought that the only way to look for God and live a pure life was to leave society altogether and to go and live in the desert in a separate community with strict rules. There's some suggestion that John the Baptist may have known a bit about them, but he wasn't an Essene, and that's a side issue. And we've all heard about the Pharisees, the Pharisees who had lots of rules about what you had to do to live life properly as God wanted, but lots of rules that meant that keeping them all was impossible for the poor working man or woman who didn't have the time or the resources, to do this, that and the other, and to keep all the feasts. And the Gospels tell us that Jesus talked to them all, and welcomed them all. And sometimes that horrified people, and sometimes that simply offended them. But there it was. He would talk to a rich Pharisee in that, like Nicodemus, but he would heal the son of a Roman centurion or the daughter of a pagan northerner. And it's Jesus who tells this story about the wedding feast, a big feast, an important feast, but the guests wouldn't come, even treating the messengers with violence, a reference there surely to the way God's people had treated the prophets and those who had come to tell them what they should be doing. Violence and even death in some cases. But the feast wasn't foiled. It went on with other guests. And that's surely a slap in the face to those who thought that God would only work on their terms that their group was the only group to get it right, and all the others were wrong and hopeless. And so we find confirmation of our understanding that the gospel is open. There's a welcome for all sorts of people, including people who are not much like me, including people who I might find it difficult to take to. 
Jesus deliberately says so against several of the groups that were powerful and prominent at the time. And Matthew writes it down, knowing how important it is for the people who are going to read his writing, his church, with a number of people who know the traditions, the old habits, perhaps getting a little bit fixed in them, the Jewish law, the Jewish festivals. But knowing too that that new community of Christians had to be open. Perhaps it was an issue for them. But then there's a second part to the story. If everybody's welcome, what about holiness? What about becoming like God? What about behaving well? Isn't there a danger that the open party gets taken over? gets gate-crashed and changes its character. Well, there's this little footnote about the man who's not wearing a wedding garment. You perhaps need to know that often in a wedding the guests were given garments, or perhaps overgarments, to wear so that they were all looking nice and clean and fresh, and everybody could uh, perhaps look the same, perhaps not look the same, I'm not sure. And that meant that there was a clear identity of whose party it was. It wasn't possible to take it over. It's a very similar question to the one that Paul will pick up and answer in the letter to the Romans, especially in chapter 6. And his conclusion, too, is that holiness matters. Yes, there's a free invitation, but those who take up that invitation have to come to the king's party and to behave, at least vaguely appropriately, to that party. We have to grow, to become more like God. Matthew's recording Jesus' teaching. Faith is a response in thanksgiving for all that's given. Faith is itself a gift. But without it, the benefits of God's love and generosity are lost. The wedding feast keeps its focus. It is given by God. It focuses on the sun. And no, you can't gate-crash, steal the best food and drink, and have a separate little party in the, quarter, in the corner. That just doesn't work, and it won't be acceptable. I suppose that's something we don't like hearing, and yet it's strange, because it's important that the party does keep its character. Only in that way are the best bits enjoyed. Only as we become like this generous and loving God does our fellowship become pleasant. Do we learn? Yes, our characters are meant to change and go on changing. We have a lot of 
understanding to do. But it's not really understanding, it's about changing behaviour. The welcome is real. The door is open to everyone who wants to come in. Yes, everyone, even when that's difficult for those of us who think we're in already. And the guests, the guests are always guests. They don't come to be staff. They are the guests of the king who generously gives the feast and who is in charge of the feast and who directs the focus and the activity and the nature of the celebration. The guests have to make some response to recognise the host. The reason for the celebration, the way it's done, the focus, these aren't negotiable. And for that too, we can be grateful. There was a great king. He gave a great feast. And Jesus explains how it works against those who want to be exclusive, but also against those who just don't want to bother, who want a free lunch. Perhaps, after all, there is no such thing as a free lunch.
Let us come now before our Lord in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we humbly thank you for the gift of your Son, our Saviour Jesus. We thank you for his life of complete obedience to your will, obedient even to the point of death by Roman crucifixion. We thank you for the gift of his own lifeblood that turns away the wrath that our failings have earned for us and for the undeserved forgiveness and acceptance into your holy household that it has purchased for us. We would ask for the inner strength and ability to live a life worthy of our calling, that we may fulfil our role to live as salt and light in this darkening and unsavoury world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who have the responsibility to watch over us. For John, our Archbishop and Bishop, Adrian, our priest, and for those who work alongside them. We ask that you grant them strength, guidance and wisdom as they seek to undertake their various roles within our parish and diocese. Strengthen and challenge us to follow their good example, endeavouring always to support them and our fellow brethren in a spirit and bond of family and peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray also for Elizabeth, our Queen, and for all those appointed to exercise authority under her. Please grant them wisdom and inner strength of character, so that they can steer this nation through the troubled waters that we variously find ourselves in. The challenges of the COVID-19 pandemic, of leaving the European Union, and of the associated difficulties that so many in our nation are facing at this time. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for peace among the nations, looking to you to strengthen the humble and yet to discipline the proud, arrogant and self-seeking. May we have freedom to undertake the proclamation of your gospel as you have commanded us, that we might make disciples of all nations. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. We pray for all who work tirelessly to help others, whether medically or socially, for those in the emergency services, for health and care workers, doctors and pharmacists, for teachers, for those who give their time freely to assist with food banks and otherwise supporting the homeless, poor and needy. Comfort the downtrodden, and the oppressed in our land. Please grant us the strength and the ability to support and stand up for them, as your word so clearly commands. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Finally, we remember before you the sick, the infirm, the lonely, and those who grieve over the loss of loved ones. We pray for them, requesting that you be for them their healer, their comforter and their provider, that they might know fully what it means to be living in the shadow of your wings and to have your everlasting arms supporting them in all aspects of their present need. 
Hear us, O Heavenly Father, for the sake of Jesus Christ, our only Mediator and Advocate, to whom with yourself and the Holy Spirit be all honour and glory, world without end. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us today. It's been great to have you with us and we hope that you've been blessed as you listen. Next Sunday is Harvest Sunday, a harvest with a difference but still an opportunity to remember God's goodness, his faithfulness and his many blessings in our lives. We know too that this season hasn't been a time of blessing for so many and as Christians we seek to be the hands and feet of Jesus reaching out to fill that gap with the love of God. As the furlough scheme comes to an end, and as unemployment becomes a real problem in so many of our communities, initiatives like the food bank will become more and more important, and we're seeing the demand grow week on week. So if you'd like to use Harvest as an opportunity to give towards that initiative, you might like to bring cash offerings to the vicarage, Please make cheques payable to St Catherine's Church, Corsinan, but clearly mark the back of the cheque with Food Bank. Also, if you'd like to give a food offering, then remember that you can bring that to the church hall and donate it directly to the Food Bank on a Thursday morning between 10 and 12 noon. 
They'd love to receive anything, and anything you're able to give will make a real difference in our community. So please can I encourage you to be generous and to give well. But for now, as a new week begins, let me pray for God's blessing upon you. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen.